Dan Radio Style, hope everybody out there is having themselves a great day. Second chapter, at least part of it, from Awakened Imagination and the Search. Great Neville Goddard book. This one's called Sealed Instructions. I'm going to break this chapter into a couple videos. This one's really about how to stop seeing something in life that you're not liking. You've got something going on in life. There's some outer thing in life that you want to stop, you want to see go away, you want to see it changed, something along those lines. This is definitely going to be good for you. And really what it comes down to, and I think a lot of people may be on two sides of the fence with this, but it's your consciousness. And it is very easy to cause something in our life to stop showing up once you realize what it is that you keep saying, doing, or believing that's causing it to show up to begin with. I've got some examples of things that I've done in the past, and we'll try to see if we can maybe help bring this all together and try to make sense of why we're having these weird things showing up in our life and how easy it truly is to get these things to go away. Sealed Instructions. I was first made conscious of the power, nature, and redemptive function of imagination through the teachings of my friend Abdullah. And through subsequent experiences, I learned that Jesus was a symbol of the coming of imagination to man, that the test of his birth in man was the individual's ability to forgive sin, that is, his ability to identify himself or another with his aim in life. Without the identification of man with his aim, the forgiveness of sin is an impossibility, and only the Son of God can forgive sin. Therefore, man's ability to identify himself with his aim through reason and his senses deny it is proof of the birth of Christ in him. To passively surrender to appearances and bow before the evidence of facts is to confess that Christ is not yet born in you. Now, what he's talking about here is aim is purpose, meaning, desire, when you have some sort of desire, some sort of direction, some sort of thing that you would like to experience in life, that's considered an aim. And once you've got that aim, realizing that it's that imagination, that Christ consciousness, that Christ within us, that actually creates the outer world that we experience. And so when you've got aim and you realize that's the direction you're going and you realize that the Christ within you is creating it, all is good. But what he's saying is, is when you look at the outer world and you say, no, 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 I understand what I'm creating on the inner world. I understand what I'm asking Christ to do. I understand that the Christ within me is creating a different reality. But instead, I'm going to look at the current reality. I'm going to look at the thing I don't like in my life. And I'm going to say, ooh, this sucks. I don't like you. You're bad. You're a problem. And the problem with doing that is you essentially are kind of spitting on the internal Christ within you. You're not realizing where the manifesting comes from within you, that it comes from that Christ conscience within us. Although this teaching shocked and repelled me at first, for I was convinced and an earnest Christian and did not then know that Christianity could not be inherited by the mere accident of the birth, but must be consciously adopted as a way of life. It stole later on through visions, mystical revelations, and practical experiences into my understandings and found its interpretation in a deeper mood. But I must confess that it is a trying time when those things are shaken, which one has always taken for granted. Now, what Goddard's talking about here is he was a devout Christian prior to meeting Abdullah. 
prior to having this discussion with Abdullah and him kind of saying, hey, you know, I know you got all these beliefs. I know you've got a very strong foundation, but we're going to test and challenge that a little bit. And when that happens to any of us, when our beliefs are shattered, not just your religious beliefs, but beliefs you hold about the world, beliefs you hold about people from certain countries, beliefs you hold about the opposite sex, belief you hold about maybe someone that's older or younger or whatever. These beliefs, when they are shattered or challenged sometimes, it can be a very difficult time for us as beings. Our beliefs are key, and really, we've talked about it before, all a belief is is a thought that you have repeated over and over and over and over. Beliefs are repetition gone amok sometimes, or beliefs are repetition that we've been taught through childhood, or beliefs are repetition that we have affiliated to some experience and then managed to manifest that same experience over and over to prove to ourselves that all rich people are evil or whatever your belief might be right now. All people that drive red cars are jerks might have some sort of strange beliefs because the guy up the street. So Goddard's talking about his challenge in having to look at beliefs and look at things differently. Not one stone of literal understanding will be left after one drinks the water of psychological meaning. All that has been built up by natural religion is cast in the flames of mental fire. Yet, what better way is there to understand Christ Jesus than to identify the central character of the Gospels with human imagination? Knowing that every time you exercise your imagination lovingly, on behalf of another, you are literally mediating God to man and thereby feeding and clothing Christ Jesus, and that whenever you imagine evil against another, you are literally beating and crucifying Christ Jesus. Every imagination of man is either the cup of cold water or the sponge of vinegar to the parched lips. And what he's saying is, is either we're a good thing, cup of cold water on a when you're hungry or thirsty, right? Or The bad thing, which is that vinegar when you're thirsty, and it's horrible, bitter, ooh, it's not doing anything to help you, in fact, dehydrate you further. Let none of your imagined evil in your hearts against his neighbor, warned the prophet Zechariah. When man heeds this advice, he will awake from the imposed sleep of Adam into the full consciousness of the Son of God. He is in the world, and the world is made by him, and the world knows him not. Human imagination. I ask myself many times, if my imagination is Christ Jesus and all things are possible to Christ Jesus, are all things possible to me? It's a great question that all of us should ask. And what we were taught when he said, I am the way and the light, follow me, put down your cross and follow me, put down your problems, put down your beliefs, put down all your crazy and follow me. Let me show you the way. I am the way and the light. I am no different than you. He would say all these wonderful things to us. And it's through this Christ conscience, through this internal imagination, through this internal God-self part of us that we're able to create our heart's desires. We've been told this by many masters before us, many of them, and they continue to come and share this same information with us. And as they say, through experience, I have come to know that when I identify myself with my aim in life, then Christ is awake in me. Christ is sufficient for all things. What a comfort it is to know that all that I experience is the result of my own standards of belief, that I am the center of my own web of circumstances, and that as I change, so must 
my outer world. Now, this is something we've all heard before. You want to change the outer world, you change the inner world. Goddard's talking about it right here again. Again, in this book, I think he's really going to get into awakening the imagination within ourselves. This paragraph is what I find to really be the purpose of this whole show. The powerful part about this first sentence, the world presents itself according to our states of consciousness. And what that means is there could be two people that are standing in the exact same room, seeing the exact same thing unfold. Maybe it's the same movie, maybe it's the same conversation from afar, but these two people have very, very different states of consciousness. Just to make them extreme and make it easier, one happens to be negative, always sees the dark side of life. The other one, very positive, always sees the light side of life. These two people will have very, very different experiences watching the same movie. One will walk away with his sort of negative outlook, and there'll be proof within the movie to demonstrate that. And the one who generally sees the glass half full will walk out and feel the same way. Wow, that was an uplifting movie. I definitely saw evidence of it. Bah, 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 and, then, and then this thing happened. And then they could both talk to each other and be like, whoa, what are you talking about? You're seeing a totally different perspective through their eyes versus what you experienced. So that's what he's talking about is everything exists around us already. Everything is there right now. All options are available. The thing you don't want to see and the thing you do want to see and probably a whole lot of other things in between. You currently, currently keep seeing the thing you don't want to see. Reason is, that's what you're tuned into. Reason is, it keeps popping into your head, so that's something that's very much on your mind. But if you want to see something different, you have to change what's going on inside of you. The world presents different appearances according as our states of consciousness differ. What we see when we are identified with a state cannot be seen when we are no longer fused with it. By state is meant all that man believes and consents to as true. No idea presented to the mind can realize itself unless the mind accepts it. It depends on the acceptance, the state with which we are identified, how things present themselves. In the fusion of imagination and states is to be found the shaping of the world as it seems. The world is a revelation of the states with which imagination is fused. It is the state from which we think and determines the objective world in which we live. The rich man, the poor man, the good man, the thief are what they are by virtue of these states from which they view the world. On the distinction between these states depends the distinction between the worlds of these men. Individually, so different is this same world. It is not the actions and behavior of the good men that should be matched, but his point of view. It's the point of view that we all come from that affects the world we experience. It's just one of those things where we see what we believe to be true. If we believe that this third party is getting in the way, if we believe that our specific person is going to be taken away by somebody else, if we believe that maybe we're not good enough to keep them, if we hold different views and beliefs, maybe because they're so attractive or they're so awesome or everybody wants to be a part of them, but we hold these beliefs within us. And these are the beliefs that are causing the third party to suddenly get involved or the fact that you keep noticing it. Why? Because you're focused on it. So your subconscious mind's like, all right, well, let me give you more evidence of that. So it'll have you log into Facebook right when they post something. And it happens to be of this individual that you think is maybe a third party. When the reality may be that they're one, not a third party and just a friend or two, 
had you not been in sync with your subconscious and looking for something bad or something to be upset about, you might have looked on Instagram five minutes before they posted that picture. And maybe you not you would not have seen it for the day. So maybe it never would have impacted you. Maybe it would have gotten buried in the rest of their feed. And so when you went and looked four, five, six hours later, you wouldn't have seen it necessarily. Again, it's all around us constantly. What we focus on is what we see. Example I'm going to use, and I'm, I hate doing this because I tend to bring stuff back into my life, but whatever, a couple of these are pretty mundane and pretty easy to fix. But bad drivers, that's something that was kind of uh, something that I would see sometimes and it's be like, oh my God, everyone's a horrible driver. And then literally after that, like I would see another person that would do something crazy. And then like five minutes later, there'd be another person doing something crazy. And like within a short period of time, I had manifested a bunch of people doing crazy stuff. Now, the timing of everything is really what's what set it all up for me. It could have been one yellow light, one traffic signal turning red could have separated me from the rest of the good drivers because I was focused on the bad ones. And so I got packed up with the people of the same energy. And that's what I got to experience. And the easy way to turn that around is instead of saying, man, there's a lot of sucky drivers, be like, wow, there's a lot of good drivers out there. Now, in the same example, and for a lot of us, I just saw a bunch of bad drivers. I just noticed that I was creating a bunch of bad drivers because of what I was focusing on. So my outer world shows a bunch of bad drivers. But what I say and declare is opposite of that. And I understand the reason I declare this is because it is creative, because it affects my reality. So I say, all these good drivers are around me. Now, what I understand is not that there's currently bad drivers around me, but no, by saying that all good drivers are around me, that there are so many really good drivers around me, that that Christ conscious within myself, that subconscious part of myself, the part of myself that creates the outer world or that sends out a vibration that attracts more of the same, all the above probably. When I send that out, it changes my world. It changes my filter. It allows me to now see all the good drivers. It allows me to sync up and drive with the good drivers. Now I'm surrounded by the good drivers, not because of randomness, but because I chose that and I declared that. The same is true about a couple cars. There's three cars that, generally speaking, seem to drive slower than everyone else. I guarantee a lot of people in my audience have these three cars. I mean, no disrespect to anybody that owns these cars. It's just something that I've noticed about these cars in particular, or maybe the people that drive. And I'll be honest, I'm a bit more of a lead foot. I like to drive vroom, vroom, drive a Mazda. It's a lot of fun. But Priuses, CRVs, and RAV4s are three cars that generally, it seems like, when they're in front of me, are going slower. Now, again, it's the same thing. It's a belief that I hold about these three types of cars and the people that own them. It's not true, right? You're telling me that right now. You're like, but Dan, that's not true. You're right. It's a belief I hold. So then what happens is, is all the RAV4, CRV, and uh, Prius drivers that exist in my area come find me the second I'm out on the road because I hold that belief. And so they're happy to get in front of me and meander their way through life. Now, the way I change that, again, is the same thing, is declaring the opposite. I don't care what I'm seeing. I understand by declaring the opposite, by saying that the opposite is now true based off of what I'm saying, that that is what I will 
begin to experience immediately from the moment of me declaring it, from the moment of me saying, this is how it is, from that stepping stones onward, that's what I will begin to experience. You instantly change what it is that you would like to experience. Now, again, it's always, how do I not see something in my reality? It's how most everybody asks the question, how can I stop seeing X? You stop seeing X by looking for Y. That's how you do it. You don't stop seeing X. You don't refuse to see X. You don't turn your back on X. You don't anything with X. X is not even something you'd talk about or bring up. In fact, you talk about what it is that you would like to experience. So is there a third party? Well, maybe you just want to see your specific person alone. I'd like to see more pictures of them alone or with their best friend, what's her face, because she's pretty and fun to look at too, or whatever you want to believe. But focus thoughts on what you would like to experience rather than what you don't want to experience. If there's a third party, don't think about the third party. Think about your specific person. Think about them alone. Think about them reacting and interacting with you. Think Think about them interacting with someone that's perfectly okay. Same goes with the boss that maybe you're not getting along with. Same goes for seeing crummy cars, seeing no opportunities. Someone told me they live in a particular town where nobody's hiring. I don't know why I can't find a job. Well, maybe when you think that nobody's hiring, that's what your subconscious is setting up for you. So everywhere you go, the second you walk up to the store that's got the help wanted, they're grabbing it off the window because that's what you're manifesting. It's already exists. You didn't realize that the store next door had a help wanted sign on it too. You focused on the one that just pulled the sign. Again, our filters. What we believe to be true is what we see. The thing that's cool about it is it's all around us already. So when you change that thing inside yourself, immediately you begin to see something different immediately see something different. It's like you changed your glasses and put different one on. And you're like, whoa, I'm seeing totally different stuff now. It's amazing how it plays out. Hopefully these things start to make a major difference in your life, especially when it comes to what you are seeing around you. Stan Radio style.